Welcome to space. Speak. Participate. Act. Collaborate. Equalize. Pop open the windows. Loosen your collar. Take a seat. Because you're about to join us on an awkward conversation. Enjoy. Welcome listeners to another episode of Space Awkward Conversations. Today we are joined by a space member, Warren, and our special guest, Susanna. Our guest is a beautiful, smart lady with a mane of hair that would give Tracy Ellis Ross hair envy. Susanna is a mixed-race Italian and Congolese woman. Today, she will share with us how something as nebulous as hair can be such a determining factor in how people relate to her. Susanna shares how important it was for her to be herself, not trying to fit into a predetermined template of beauty designed in the image of those that created it. Her journey of identity is a fantastic one and a barometer of today's society. So the first question, um, Susanna, do you identify as a black woman or a mixed race woman? Well, myself, I identify as a mixed race, but um, back in my country in Italy, people see me as a black, uh, black girl. And like, since I came in this country 10 years ago, I discovered to be a different black. So myself, I feel mixed race, but the perception back in my country and here from people is different, but I definitely feel mixed race. Okay, and what does that mean to you when you say you feel mixed race? In terms of that, I have two cultures together. So for me, it's like, you know, it's two cultures mixed together. So that's why I say mixed race. So two different worlds together. That's that's what I mean with with this. What was it like? You know, as a mixed race child in Italy growing up, how was school? What was that? What was that environment like for you? Um, I have to say, in elementary school was fine. I mean, like uh, I didn't feel very much so this difference. Also, because you know, nobody was questioning where you're from or your skin color or your hair are different from mine. But I have to say, um, I've been a little bit struggle when you know in. Uh, I was 12 because also you have to understand that in Italy, the school levels are different from here. So uh, when I was 12, so I was, I was, I was doing this, um, um, I was at school and I was doing the last exams to go, let's say here to the college. And my Italian teacher, while, uh, you know, I was talking, literally she said to the French teacher, you know, she's very beautiful, she's very intelligent girl, but I have two boys. And if one day one of my boys will be back home with a black girl, I would be not happy. <laughs> and for me, as a 12 years old girl, that was so... Uh, painful like and I, I can see still myself like still talking about the topic and maybe hurt still a bit because since then is then when I start feeling myself different like uh, you know to see like 
oh my god you know that, that's my italian teacher that's my teacher and this is somebody that i trust and this she's discriminating me and I, I remember that i didn't say anything at home you know i just i just didn't want to because i think i was very hurted about it i just wanted to share the jaw there yeah i've done very well and then <laughs> and then another i think maybe I don't know if it's the worst experience they had at school. And that was, I was 16. And uh, my teacher, when he used to take the register, instead of calling me by my surname, uh, he would say, is the nigger in the class? Uh, that was painful as well. And sorry if I sound a little bit emotional, but because I don't really talk about this stuff. For me, maybe this is the second or the third time in all my life that I'm talking about it. Uh, and yeah, the, and the, I remember, of course, at that time, my parents had, had to jump in because they was going too far. And also my classmates were very disappointed. And, and, and you know, when you hear other people uh, experience if they experience racism or anything it's always about their their peers or you know their friends and for me it's totally different my narrative is the opposite the people they're supposed to trust that they're supposed to uh, you support me are the one that let me down that is remarkable <laughs> um, isn't it Warren? <laughs> yeah, i'll tell you what's funny so we're all sat here and we're uh, obviously you guys are listening to this podcast so you ain't going to be seeing our beautiful faces but um if you saw our beautiful faces when uh, Susanna said what she just said, and you did hear it correctly, by the way, you, you don't have to wash your ears out. If you saw the faces, you would know you're probably wearing the same face that we were wearing as well. It's just unbelievable that um, a teacher would would make such a, I don't even know how to describe it, incredulous, ridiculously disappointing comment as, as to that. Um, Savina, what do you think? Well, the, the thing is, um, like you say, you can't see our faces, but I can see Susanna's face and I can feel the pain. I recognize that pain that she's feeling, even just reliving it. Um, I had to um, speak about something like that on International Women's Day about my school experience. I, uh, I won't reveal my age, but um, yeah, it's, it's uh, mature enough. And um, even now, when I talk about it, I feel the pain. It cut very deeply and it's a pain that never, ever leaves you. Um, so it, it's shocking. I see the distinct difference between Italy and the UK. In the UK, they're a bit more stealth about their hatred. Um, in the UK, in Italy, France, places like that, they're a lot more open. I have a French friend who's biracial who's also experienced some, some things in school in France, and she shared that with me. And it's horrific um, how um, in your face it, it really is. But it, it, yeah, it's, um, it's a familiar, a, a very familiar pain. Um, I, I, your mum is a white lady, isn't she, Susanna? And just, just, uh, yeah. Help, help me imagine how she would present you um, to at school, at your hair, etc. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I laugh because, um, um, <clears throat> sorry, I. I say to everybody, if you have a white mom and you have Afro hair, I'm sorry, you are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Uh, <laughs> this is the reality yeah. blessing. <laughs> Talk the thing. Talk the thing. Yeah, even though she has been living in Congo for 13 mm. years. <laughs> Sorry, she bless her. She even you know she does have a clue about it, and she never had. And I think she didn't even want to be bothered about it. So she would just cut off the hair. That's problem solved. And you know, um, I have to say, I always felt like a little boy <laughs> instead of a little girl because you know you see you know your friends they all have like you know nice hair and you just have like short short hair and that's yeah that that, that was that is not surprising to me <laughs> Warren looks really really shocked and he's still gasping for his air at the moment but me I, I'm, I've heard it seen it so many times that it does not surprise me at all the way to deal with it just cut it off make the problem disappear so yeah so yeah, I mean... I've just closed my I've just managed to get my jaw back towards the top of my mouth <laughs> um <laughs> so because like my experience just you know, like I can anything to compare but my experience at school I can remember when we used to go to the barbers and we used to get what is known as a skin fade, but then sometimes we'd get a pattern like cut into our hair. And I can remember just dramas going into school and, and teachers not knowing what to do with themselves. And I can even remember my mum coming up to the school once to come and uh, fight the good fight for me because I had a couple of patterns in my hair. And, they, and the argument was that my hair was too short. And uh, my mum then proceeded to point out all the other schoolboys that had short hair as well. And then that kind of just, you don't want to mess with my mum anyway. Yeah, you, any and on a good day. So to to bring her in on this, you know, my mum's like, why are you bringing me to school on this? So, um, but to hear your story, because again, people can't see, but you know, you've got nice hair. So to think that, you know, your hair was cut off for, <laughs> sorry, I guess it's making me laugh by the way, guys. Yeah, I didn't just spontaneously burst into laughter. All right, but she's got really nice hair. so. The idea that from what? So this was what time period? From obviously from when you was really young until when? This until 11, 12, like they had this short hair. And then that's when I realized, oh, I'm different. I want to change. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I cannot, like, um, yeah, you've, <laughs> interesting. Okay. So. Let's put it this way. I know as what I would deem myself as being a third generation um, black man, Caribbean heritage. Sometimes you can feel a bit isolated. So I, sometimes I feel as though, okay, I'm too English to go back to Jamaica, but I'm too Jamaican to be classed as English. All right. Like almost like I'm just a, a man without an island, so to speak sometimes. But how did that feel? Like obviously having a mixed race heritage, being in Italy, um, how did that feel from your angle? Like, you know, would you say that you felt, um, would you say you felt a degree of isolation due to your mixed race heritage or? Uh, I do, I do. And, um, but I have to, honestly with you, I do, but not uh, like, um, in Italy, not that much, I have to say. I always felt part of them in a way like and they made me feel like that also because you know 
okay, this is a big issue about my skin because people always say, oh, you're too white to have, you know, uh, Congolese dead or, you know, the, all, it's, it's, it's a big issue about my skin. So they always say, you know, you're not black, so you are Italian. That That's that's the thing so they made me feel belonging to them because for them oh you you're not black at all uh because people from sicily sardinia they look like you but i have to say uh i feel very isolated from the african side because they never recognized me as a black person never and uh, and uh, recently i experienced again uh is a black project and when i walked in where there were all people african people also mixed race people but maybe they were a bit darker than me somebody in front of everybody said she's not black why is she here that's also welcoming and and there was this other lady that she was trying to say no you know she's black too her late father was from no 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 she's not black she's not black so i have to say from the african i don't i you know maybe it's sad to say and and i remember my father be sad about this because i always used to say i don't feel even though i feel mixed race right but i don't feel welcomed from the african side they never recognized me as an African, you know, person, or at least half African person. And and um, um, later we're going to talk, but, you know, Sabina knows on Instagram, I talk about my hair and I received a message like, oh, you can't talk about hair, you're not black. And, and you know, so it's like from that side, I'm not welcomed at all. I have to say that that's my experience. Like African people is a kind of pushing me out all the time. Like you, you're not black enough, shall I say that? And and, and that speaks to what you're saying that you it's um you don't really feel black, you don't feel white. It's just that bit in between, and it's where do people fit if you're not really defined by being black? If you're not being because the way how you see yourself as different, some people also see you as different because it's hard to sit in two stools when you don't feel welcomed in either or you don't feel part of either. So I'm not sure how you would actually navigate that because it's quite clear what I am when I walk into a room. And for me, I would regard you as a a mixed race person. And if you identify more with the black side, which is most black mixed race people do identify with the black side um, because um, especially in the UK, I don't know how it is in the in Italy, but in the UK, a lot of mixed race people do identify with the black side because society treats them in that way. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you when Hayley Berry was asked why does she refer to herself as a black woman, is because she said when she walks down the street, that's what people see. So she's treated that way. So that's how she sees herself because society have defined that for for her it's a very complex situation and even when you refer to your hair and some people say you can't talk on hair that's all about texturism which is another intersection which is very complicated as well because most of the time African hair is type four and you've probably got more type three which isn't necessarily um a black trait you can have type three being mixed race type three being white so a lot of people will say oh well you you don't know what it's like to have type four hair which is a typical black hair Um, but I think your hair is 
pretty afro, especially for a mixed race person. <laughs> yeah. Pretty afro. Yeah. Uh, completely yeah. afro. It's not, and that's something that I usually do. Yeah. I say, look at my hair. I'm it, afro. Like to is. say, you know, you can't yeah. recognize this. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And, and they're like, but, you know, guys, um, well, I don't even talk about it. I don't like talking about this because it's painful for me. But, you know, since when I was a child, you know, my family, uh, my dad's uh, family, um, still today, they don't really accept us. They call us the white one. So, you know, it's 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 like since the, yeah, no, no, this is a long story that I don't want to go in, even into it because it's really painful for me. So, um, yeah, so starting from there and then you go out in the world and still you see that, you know, people make you feel you don't belong to African people. I'm sorry. Or somebody that tell you, oh, well, you've got only Afro hair, but I don't think you have anything to do with black people. Like, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> it's where I do you draw the because... line, isn't it? Where do you draw the line as to what no, is? I mean, I mean, like, there was a point that I said, you know what, I'm African too. So I start to say, like, Oh, a kind of, you know, in a kind of a competition, you have to accept me because I have African heritage as well. You know, you say, the, the, this girl, she said, she 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 referred to herself as, um, she's mixed race and she referred herself as black person because here in the UK, but here in the UK, what I am experiencing is like people tell me, no, you, just, you only have Afro head, but please don't even say that you are African. So, you know, <laughs> that's so, and that's why when I say, you know what, I always say I'm daughter of the world. I don't want to belong <laughs> to anybody. Or, you know. And how do your, um, sorry, I'm a bit emotional. And how does your mom's side see you? <laughs> do they see you as mixed race? Do they see you as black? Do, how do they see you? Black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's confusing isn't yeah, it yeah i am sorry i am and uh, uh, yeah this is black and and you're like who am i, I don't you are exhausted you're like who am i and then you know what you do to survive because we survive sometimes is to embrace whatever it is and just go on with it because otherwise this, this can easily affect your mental health as well. And it and, does. You know, yeah. it, it does affect people of yes, mixed heritage, it mental health. It does, isn't it? Health. It does. Yeah, it, it does. And are your, um, is your Italian side, are they, as, as, are they more welcoming to you, would you say, in terms of? Yes, they are. Yeah, because they don't see me as black. Like, you know, even though I experienced some racist behavior, yeah. right? But if I have to talk to the majority of Italian people, they don't see me as black at all. Because if you go to Sicily or Sardinia, they have the same skin and maybe also the same hair, a kind of. So for them, they're like, mm, really, your father was from Congo. That time he's from Congo. They look at me like, you you don't have anything. So, uh, gen like, and, so and generally Italian people yeah. see you as not black and what your family see you as black in my yeah my, my mom's family yeah of course because uh maybe because of my father i don't know and you know we are the only mix in the family like the all the other you know uncle aunties they're all white with white uh so of course that make the difference that they are a little bit darker compared to the other rest of the family and for my father's family we are white <laughs> 
<laughs> compared to them. And this is, you know, I talk to you, but I am exhausted. Can I say that I am exhausted? Maybe you could, I am exhausted. So that's why I never talk about, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm exhausted. It's, sorry. It's like, you don't feel accept nowhere. Like, no, sorry. Nobody can accept you. Like, you know, so you're like, okay. I, it's just, that's it. I have to admit, I'm sat here and, and, and I've been quiet because, and I'm not quiet often, by the way. Yeah. Normally I can chime in on anything, but you have just listening to your experience. It's coming from angles that I didn't expect it to come from being really, really honest with you. Like, because, and I think Savina touched upon it earlier in the UK. Um, the idea, I guess the generalization is is that if you're a mixed race, you're black. Just to just just to broad brush that, by the way. Okay, just take me in generalization here. So for you to say that your experience has been that you haven't been accepted seemingly fully by the black community, um, is like wow, okay. And then conversely, I was expecting you to say that in Italy that you would feel more isolated. But apart from your family, which is just a whole other complex thing, it feels as though you almost allowed your you're more widely accepted as just being part of the team so to speak in Italy which is not what I was expecting I was expecting you to say well in Italy I'm seen as being black and that's and that's it maybe I need to go to Sardinia maybe you know more people have mixed race heritage in Italy and Sardinia than they think um so it's and it's what did you call it textualism texturism Severe. texturism texturism see this is a new one for me so all listeners i didn't know about type fours type threes i would say that i'm a type four um but it don't matter but again just the fact i've made that association just shows you how quickly this can turn into a into some kind of civil war okay so this is um this is really interesting it's, right. it's interesting that um this it seems like there's certain parts well, it depends on what environment you're in, how you're regarded, which probably adds to the complexity because your teacher saw you as a black person. Then there's some people in Sicily who don't see you as a black person. Then your family see you on your white side, see you as a black person. Then on your black side, they don't see you as a black person. And then coming to London, you probably have some people who do regard you as a black person. So it's all these different perceptions as to to who you are. Um, I, I just want to say something like, I, I'm not from Sicily, right? I'm from Caserta, which is south near Naples, but people see me as a, I could be a Sicilian person. Person from, so they, they let, I don't know even how to speak. They recognize that I'm not fully Italian, like you're black in a way. Let's put in this way. But you, you, you know what, Suzanne, you, you are Italian because you are not that black. Literally, you're not like your father. So you can be Italian. So that's fine. I don't know if I explained because you look like somebody of you know some part of Italy they look like you so you Italian don't even bother to be yeah I, if you understand the, <laughs> okay. the, the historical context of of Italy the south of Italy and their um, relationship with Moors etc and then that makes more sense because they are much darker in that region so you could I could understand yeah. why you would pass on that especially if you were to straighten your hair as well that might confuse people even more 
um because you'd look more racially ambiguous and yeah. i did because i remember you saying you did <laughs> and i did yeah. not to yeah. confuse them i just did not accept myself yeah <laughs> so because i uh, my hair was i think would not fit for the society and that today i was ugly because of my afro and i and i hated it so much and i used to scream on my mother that's your fault we're supposed to have because i have five sisters we are six girls we all supposed to have mixed air air and we don't that's your fault <laughs> i hated that when i was 14 15 that was our wow. conflict and do you is there still a conflict between yeah. how you all individually see yourselves uh well okay we are six girls right so let's say six we sorry let me just pause right there yeah. six girls <laughs> six same mom, same dad. Because people always ask, same mom, same dad. Six girls. <laughs> oh, man. I... All with Afro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Savita, I know. Yeah, and, <laughs> Sorry, um... you know what Savita's... <laughs> whoa, whoa, Sorry, it's because Savita's <laughs> looking at me and she's thinking, what is this boy going to say next? Yeah, I know that's the look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can see you're giving me that look as well. But all I said was six <laughs> I just wanted to check that. I just wanted to verify that there were five more iterations of you <laughs> on planet Earth. That's all I was, I was just checking. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. You may continue. You may, you uh, may carry on. We all struggled when we were teenager. Um, oh, sorry to interrupt you, Susanna. Can, all, can I ask just quick, quick? Sorry. Did every, did, so six sisters, okay. You said earlier that your yeah. hair was, your mum used to chop your hair off until, you know, until she realised yeah. that you might be old enough to fend for yourself. Was that the same yeah. experience that all of your sisters experienced as well? We were all chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. So it must have been yeah, a bit of a... because my mum, she couldn't cope. She couldn't cope. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then, you know, because my mom did, does, didn't and does not have culture of Afro hair, and, uh, you know, maybe she would brush or comb your hair. And you know that those hair, uh, the hair is very dry. So if you do that, it's very painful. So she couldn't cope and she would, okay, you need to cut off because I can't <laughs> hear you screaming all the time or making a fuss just because I'm touching your hair. So you know what? And... And we used to be so angry there because we were like, you got black straight hair. So how can you say that? And then she was like, oh, otherwise let your hair grow. Your hair is beautiful. And, but you know, you go to school, sorry if I say this word, with a bash on your hair. And then you compare yourself with your friend. Now they all have beautiful curls and, you know, straight hair, beard. And you think, oh, I'm not fit for the society. There's something wrong with me. I can't go out like that. <laughs> and you feel ugly. I felt so ugly. I remember once my mom cut off my hair. Sorry, I can't cry, but I don't want to cry. And, and sorry. And I liked I liked this guy, <laughs> and I hidden myself because I didn't want him to see me. I felt ugly. <laughs> Sorry. No, 
There's no need to listen. I'll try and lighten the mood. Yeah, let me tell you a, a funny story. This is what I try yes, and do. Please. All right. <laughs> so I remember when I was at um, primary school, and uh, we used to have a day when you'd come in and um, they'd take the school photo. All right. So for some silly reason, they'd always take the school photo after lunch break. So when we've all run around, ties half hanging off, and all that stuff, that's when they would take us out to go and decide. After that we've got food on our shirts and all that kind of stuff. This is now the time to take the school photograph now. So what used to happen is I went to a predominantly white school. I was one of maybe four black black kids in the whole school, uh, in the year. So the, the white boys, my white friends, they'd run into the bathroom and they would do this thing. They'd go to the sink. They would just literally run the tap, wet their hair, and they'd just go like this. They would just run their hair back, push it to the side, and they're fresh. Like it was, it will hold for 15 minutes. So me, I thought, oh yeah, I'll do that as well. So I used to, <laughs> I used to go to the sink and just be like, <laughs> and my hair just got worse and worse. You know, it just sucks in the moisture. It just got bits up here. Oh, my mum used to go crazy at me. Like, what happened to your hair? I was like, mum, I just, I did this. And I'd be there doing this, like proper pushing it back. And yeah, so, you know, I mean, I've, but again, like to bring it back home, mm. um, I never experienced anything as as, as serious as that. Mm. And your so far, your experience so far has been nothing like I would have expected you to tell me prior to the start of this call. So I just wanted to take the opportunity to say that I'm really like just intrigued and um, just... I don't know, blown away. I feel like I'm not using the right words in the right context, but your story is something that is astonishing to me because I just did not expect it to be what we were talking about today. So thank you so far, Susanna. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. And sorry if I get a bit emotional. No, I understand. It's what I was saying it's earlier. <laughs> I, could see, I can see the pain and I understand it. And even though it's many years later, it can be decades later, it's it's the formative parts of your life. It's when you start building ideas about who you are and you gather those ideas from environments and people you trust, people you love, and then you have to battle for many years later to um, unpick all of that. And when sometimes you think it's gone and it's still there, sometimes you think you've overcome it, and it, it's still there. So I, I recognize um, exactly where you're coming from. But you've done amazingly to, to get to this point where you're, you're accepting yourself and, and who you are. I know you went back to Italy. Um, it was in the new year, wasn't it? <laughs> was yeah. So how did, how did that go with your new embraced self? <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, well, me and Sorvino, we met before, so and this was in December. And as I told you, sisters, we are like three of us, we accept ourselves with time and back natural because we back natural, like, um, we don't become natural. And and um, but there is one of my sisters, she can't cope, uh, with um afro hair and she texts me oh i just i'm just telling you when you are coming when you are coming in italy please straight your hair otherwise that's what we've been doing to you because you're not coming to the church with the hair like this 
<laughs> and that was so painful. And then also because, you know, my mom, as I told you, she, she used to tell us, oh, okay, your hair is good, don't worry. And when she saw me for the first time with my bar, she said, well, I did not expect that. <laughs> And I felt, no, mom, don't say that because I'm still in the process to accept myself. I still have some trouble with, you know, my hair. And and for me, then, okay, my sister, I know how she is. She she even does want, you know, all the picture to, to you know, no, 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 because she doesn't want to remember Sometimes I joke, I say, why you don't want to remember when you wore Jackson 5 look? <laughs> <laughs> Just to, to make five of the, fun of that. Well, so I went to Italy and uh, yeah, let's say, um, let's say they now are more capable of, you know, saying this is what I am and that's it, but you know, especially from my sister, um, my mom, in a very, very uh, diplomatic way, she will say, I don't think this, can you do something to your hair? <laughs> um, and my sister said, oh my God, Susanna with this hair, seriously. <laughs> and, and, and is somebody talking with fake extension hair is telling me you're not fit for this society with this hair uh, uh she's the one she's giving me because maybe later you're gonna say but i'm writing a book about my emotional experience because of my head and she's the one she kept all the all the pictures and she doesn't want to give me the pictures because she feels like it's a shame talking about my hair and how i feel so you know that is interesting uh, yeah, yeah it's one of the questions i was going to to ask and you you fed in to that is do you sometimes catch yourself looking at yourself through a Eurocentric lens, do you sometimes think, oh, I don't like this, or are you over that now? I think I'm over about it in a way, but um, you need to understand also that, uh, let's say, the people that surround me, starting from my family, uh, um, you know, I, I don't know, I just feel uncomfortable that I'm in a battle, <laughs> like who I really am, and these things like, oh, maybe they're right, I'm not fit, like, because when it's from your family, you know, so I just see myself, um, I'm somebody, daughter of the world, and <laughs> I don't know who I am, but this is what I am, so you look at me, and this is what you buy, and I don't want to think about those kind of questions, I don't even do to myself, I just leave, because when I go there, this is when the pain starts, starts, Mm. so I don't it's, it's do this question to myself I don't I don't want to go there because yeah. I know that I'm going to struggle yeah because I mean someone who looks like you you would think that their attitude would be very different and it's not it's it's someone who looks exactly like you that's saying no we don't look right no we are not we're not supposed to accept ourselves we're supposed to fit into another image for that to come from a, a the, the place that is resembling, that mirrors you, is more confusing, is even more painful. You expect people who look opposite to you to 
to demonstrate that because um, that's more that's easier to define but that way it's um it sounds really a challenge i'll tell you what I mean, listen, let me chime in here. Yeah, because you know me. All right. So, all right. I'm starting to I'm starting to ease in. I'm starting to ease into this conversation now. I feel like I've got some got something to say now. So just generally speaking about hair. Now, obviously, I'm I'm on this call. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, OK, I am currently sat here in the company of two beautiful women. All right. I'm in a happy place. What you have to recognize, though, is hair within black society plays such an important part. Okay, and you would think so, like for men, for example. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. All right. And you might need to edit this parts of this, whatever. Right. But we're just going to roll with it. Um, When (laughs) when black men experience hair loss, i.e. their hairline starts to fade and starts to moonwalk like one of the Jackson 5 you just mentioned earlier. Yeah. (laughs) It starts to become a problem. Yeah, it starts to become an issue. All right, people then start to tell you about yourself and, you know, you can't be, you can't get a haircut of your hairline like that. Like, I don't even know how I'm surviving, all right? But I can still see the front, so I'm still running it. I don't care. But it's, when it gets back here somewhere, when it starts going back past my earlobes, i got to start making decisions as far as I'm concerned, all right? Whereas, like our European counterparts, they can have that kind of visor around the back where, you know where they just, that... Savina knows it. she's trying not to lie. <laughs> you know that visor that comes around the back here, and they can walk and they can carry that around for three months, and no one says a word. No. Like they can go and re- they can accept awards with this haircut like this, and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I could never be seen on stage, like in front of a camera or any, even in front of this microphone with my hair like this. All right, um, and then I guess for female counterparts, you know, it comes into okay, is her hair natural? Is it a weave? Is it a this? Is it a that? Has it been updated? If you've got a weave, has it been on your head too long? Like there's all this, these, these complexities that are going on. So to hear your story, Susanna, and it's actually quite important. Like it, to listeners, it might sound like this conversation, you might be thinking, okay, what is the significance of talking about essentially what we're going to get onto is hair, what we're talking about is hair. Okay, um, a woman's hair and and her identity and how her hair has had an impact on on the identity, how she's perceived, how she perceives herself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you have to understand that hair is at the core of, or one of the core elements of black identity. Is that something that is a fair statement for me to make, ladies, or am I way um, off the mark? No, absolutely, Warren. It is a it's a very big part of who we are and if you take it back historically because a lot of the times we don't appreciate that um, DNA passes down and science has proven that even though you may not recognize why is certain things trigger you why you have a perception of certain things that they can pass down in DNA you have memory within your DNA and um, it's in slavery times what they would do when they would when they would enslave Africans is shave their hair exactly what Susanna went through and they shave their hair to remove their identity because in Africa your hair would say your marital status it would say your tribe it would say um um what kind what kind of wealth you know societal wealth you had within that tribe it would say so much about you so one of the first things they would do was strip you of your identity by shaving it. 
And that's why it is that it's something that resonates so deeply. Even though Susanna may not have recognized why that pain cut so deeply, that's something that's passed down in her DNA. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, sorry. that's okay. Uh, and again, as the call goes on, I'm going to continue to say we appreciate you coming on and speaking to our space audience on this subject matter because it, as the conversation goes on, I'm starting to realize just how, how deep it goes. So, all right, so we spoke about a book. I heard someone mention book. Did I hear book? You did. All right, I expect my assigned yes, copy. But in the meantime... <laughs> yes, don't worry. I'm expecting, I'm expecting at least a signed copy. we will take a picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Warren, compose yourself. All right, compose all right, yourself. I'm trying. Oh, my word. Oh, wow, okay. It's not often I get lost for words, but yes, um, your book. So your book, tell us about your book, Susanna. So uh, four years ago, uh, this is when my process of accepting myself started, like because I realized that for almost 26 years, I was running behind something I was not. Uh, like, you know, I started looking at the mirror saying, this is not me. I can't have this straight hair or these beautiful curls. This is not me. So I decided I want to return natural. I went to a salon um, in Harrow that my friend suggested me. And literally, they chopped off all my hair again. <laughs> oh, can you imagine how I felt in that wow. moment? Because the hairstylist said, if you want your if you want your afro you know yeah you've got to remove the, the yeah because you, you damage right. it with the you know or damage with chemical all this stuff so it's like, yeah. i remember for almost three weeks i didn't go out <laughs> i didn't go to work mm. as well i said i don't care you don't pay me it's fine but seriously i said because in the other side you know they're like why she's making such a fuss for the hair but of course i understood that my manager couldn't understand but in a way I said okay your choice well and and i remember standing at the mirror again you know i felt like that child that teenager that oh my so i was like you know what i i want to write a book to my journey to return natural just because i want you know inspired even though only one girl just be the way you are and i wish you know there's somebody back at the days could tell me your afro hair is good like you know straight hair or beautiful curls if you think it's, it's enough to be the way you are so this is the aim of my book and while i'm writing it i will be honest sometimes i cry because you know some memories comes up and I'm still in a battle with my sister because she doesn't want to give me the pictures <laughs> that I need to. So at the moment, the book is stopped because, you know, I need that those pictures for my book. And she's like, no. <laughs> um, even though I say to her, you won't be in the book. Uh, I, she doesn't. So it's like an emotional journey of, you know, somebody that, born as mixed race girl with afro hair 
in a country where starting from your mom, they all, you know, have beautiful hair. So you think that the beauty is that one, like this is the way you need to look to be beautiful. And all this journey until I accept myself, even though I have to say I'm a bit, I'm struggle still because also if I go to the cinema and I, I leave my half row, you know, free, I still like, okay, I have to sit at the last, uh you know place because yeah, she's got I very feel, big hair I, I i got very big hair i feel i, I feel concerned <laughs> <laughs> i feel concerned that you know people cannot see um and and what happened in, in shepherd's bush uh westfield cinema i think it's audio i don't remember and this lady and the cinema was empty quite empty she was shouting oh you with this big head wow. so you know and this rude. happened not far you know it was before covid so you know it's 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 like i have this feeling of like when i'm kind of say okay this is what i am i'm happy i'm happy with that somebody else will come and say no you're not fit <laughs> it's, it's always this and this is what i'm doing in my book trying to say you know even though these things happen just be proud of what you are and and this is what the aim of what just but then it's not just because of afro everybody else just accept yourself the way you are then it's through my journey because I'm Afro. I, I have, but you know, I think the book is more open to everybody, really, because it's you know people can rely like kind of okay. I don't have hair, but I can accept myself the way I am. There's anything wrong with that, you know? That's what my book is about, and um, I'm trying to you know convince my sister, please, <laughs> please, please give. The, I don't know why she just. I think because she doesn't want. Uh, anybody see what she was because today's a beautiful, you know, yeah, this isn't about <laughs> fake hair girl. Uh, so she does like that part of our life does not exist. I understand. But I have some pictures and I have to say two weeks ago, I was looking at that. I was like, oh my God, but that child was cute. Mm. Be- you know, I was looking at a picture of myself and I was like, but in the end, that child was cute. It was not so ugly as mm. I used to see myself yeah because you're looking yeah. at yourself through another <laughs> lens that's what it what it was yes I mean before we yes. go I'd just share a, a, a closing memory that I um I had um with someone on the street um I was in Holborn and he was a white guy and he had it was like a strawberry blonde and he had the biggest afro he, I don't know how it happened genetically somehow. He just had this massive afro and I had my afro. And he went, excuse me. And then I looked around and goes, your hair is beautiful. I was like, and so is yours. <laughs> we just looked at each other. You know, two <laughs> very different people with afro hair, accepting that's who we are. You know, and that's what the whole point of this is. So. Yes, Savina, but I have to say, I have met uh, girls in the street when I go wild. <laughs> uh, and they, black girls, then they saw me and say, oh, I love your hair. So, and when I say to them, but they are, most of them, they're very young in their 70s. So I say to them, literally, you can have the same hair because they all mm. have, you know, 
oh, I respect you, but I can't I know. do this. Yeah. yeah. So they'd say that to me I, as I well. I respect you, but I can't do this. I have to say. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. so. I've, gone, I've gone natural and I do have black girls saying to me, oh, well, I, can't, I can't go through that. The, yeah, it's just to, uh, to re-educate. That's what it is. Yeah. As well, yeah, yeah. But also in other ways, a lot of time also it to is. keep it. We have to say this, like to keep it, it out. So I understand sometimes. I have one quick, <laughs> one quick little quick question ahead, I have Warren. to ask before, and now it's time. <laughs> and it is a it's a hair related question, all right? How do you? And this is for both of you actually. Like people like to touch. I remember when I had a little afro. I had an afro. Yeah, when I used to get my hair cornrowed or whatever. And when I used to take it out, and if I went out. I'd always come home and have to shake about two or three people out of my hair because people just seem to love to touch. Did you experience or have you experienced in the last four years people wanting to reach out and touch your hair? Oh, can I touch it at all? Oh, no, not too many people do. No, I don't think, no, I don't have this experience like of people won't touch it. For me, I have. Um, Less so now. And I think because we're having conversations (laughs) People realize you don't do that. And probably after Solange's yeah. song, don't touch my hair. Yeah, I was my don't touch my hair. hair. Touch yeah. My hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish that song was out when I had an afro, I'll tell yeah. you that now. <laughs> yeah, so less so Honestly. now. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you, Suzanne. It was fantastic talking with you. And thank you for sharing your experience and your heart with us. It was a it was a wonderful and rich conversation. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you. And just to um, close this out and just summarize what we have spoken about today. Um, racism is a, a powerful yet juvenile way of segregating society the template practiced in all playgrounds around the world. It points out differences, determines the Eurocentric image as the norm by throwing around recycled epithets to demean others in an attempt to feel superior. Susanna is all grown up now and capable of processing her complex thoughts. Unfortunately, many like Susanna have had to navigate the obstacles in this huge playground called life. I am pleased for our guest who has found her way to who she really is and respect her mission to let others, other beautiful black girls know that there, is, there isn't just one beauty standard and that beauty comes in all shapes, sizes, colors, and textures. Thank you listeners again for joining us on another episode of Space Awkward Conversations.